Hello and welcome to Nerd Subculture. I'm your host, Jared. And I'm Edwina. And we're doing a Once More With Feeling series on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Today, Eddie, we're doing Season 5, Episode 6, Family. Family. Uh, this episode first aired November 7th, 2000, and was written and directed by Joss Whedon. Over to you, Eddie. This is a full spoiler podcast. I'm a huge fan, but Jarrett has never watched the series all the way through, and I'm trying to convince him it's worth his time. Yeah, worth my time, Eddie. Uh, was it a great episode, this one, was it, I feel? Oh, really? No? Oh, your, your face just dropped then when I said that. Really? really? Uh, Jared, yeah. really? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, for a, for a Joss written and directed episode, it's probably on the lower end. Okay, all right. Um, Ratings-wise, but I, th- I think there's quite a lot in this episode. Well, I know. There's a whole subtext going here. <laughs> yes. I, I could see what they were doing. I knew what they were doing, yes. Yeah. Um, I kind of always feel like this this is almost a bedtime story, this episode. A bedtime story? Yeah. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Because, you know, you've sort of got the, you know... Well, A, it has a happy ending. Yeah, uh, sort of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not that, not that happy. She just owns a family and everything, so that's not very happy. Well, she doesn't particularly... Well, they're kind of an, like an evil step family in a fairy tale. I, I, they're, they're a real family in real life. A happy well, ending with them would, they, well, we, would be well, they reconciliate the with other, each other. Well, that's the other thing we can... Discuss. Okay, discuss and whether or not that issue. was a happy ending or not. It is. A, it's a happy ending. It's a magical dance. It wasn't happy for them. Well, not for her family, <laughs> but they're kind of cunts anyway. Oh, so. geez, Eddie, dropping the C-bombs on here. God. <laughs> um, I'm also a bit of a sucker for a I am Spartacus <laughs> scene, <laughs> which I know you were just like, oh, my God, this is so corny. <laughs> I'm Spartacus. Yeah. And straight away you started going, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. I'm Spartacus. Yes, you straight away started doing that. And then you're like, this is really corny. <laughs> Some strong homoerotic themes in Spartacus too. Yeah, true, true. Uh, and some homoerotic scenes in the Spartacus TV show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, not, not themes. <laughs> No, that they didn't even go with subtext. For no, that there was one. no text. <laughs> uh, so it has these scenes that kind of flow into each other, uh, kind of like with Xander and the like when he's watching TV with Willow, and she's all who uses a cauldron, and then in the next scene, there's a cold someone using a cauldron, like yeah. that sort of like they'll say one thing in this like in one scene, and then yeah, a lot of that happens in okay in this. Which sort of gives it this little bit of a like feels a little little bit rhymy, like like poetry at rhymes. Is that yes, what you're saying? Yes, pretty much. The long way of saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's like poetry. It's sort of they rhyme. A fan favorite of yours? Oh, uh, you know what? I, I'm I love a, the little corny scene at the end. I think I cr- I cry all the time. Okay. When uh whenever I watch this, I always cry, happy tears. Right. Because she, she, you know, it's the, you know, she gets rescued by, well, the princess gets rescued. Um, by the princess. By the princess. <laughs> Buffy's normally the princess. By the dark prince almost, you could say. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we also find out why Tara sabotaged that demon locator spell a while back. Remember? She put the dust under. Yeah, yeah it was like. <laughs> it was last last season. Yeah, they showed it at the start. Do you remember? Yeah. Remember this little part. Yeah, we're going to show you why she did that. Yeah. Why did but, she do that? Because she's she's been told by her family that she's part demon. Oh, yes. that's right. where the magics come from. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Tara's dad kind of reminds me of that um that character in Rick and Morty <laughs> on the on the Purge episode. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, that's one I haven't watched for a while. Oh, okay. Look who's purging, yeah. I've got to rewatch that one. Yeah. Uh, all right, so do you want to do a quick uh, – we'll do a quick summary and we'll get back to that, Eddie. That sounds yeah. very interesting. As everyone helps Buffy move out of her dorm and back home, 
Willie reminds them about Tara's birthday party. Later at the Magic Box, while researching the mystery woman from the last episode, Buffy and Xander admit they do not really know much about Tara and struggle with what gift to get her. A man enters and reveals himself as Tara's big brother, Donnie, who has come to town with her father and her cousin for Tara's birthday. While Tara is clearly not thrilled at their presence, she agrees to meet them later for dinner, but upon returning to a dorm room, her father is waiting for her. He berates her lifestyle and use of magic and demands she return home before her friends find out about her true self. This prompts Tara to do a spell to hide her demon half from her friends. Meanwhile, Spike finds out from Harmony that the Leak demons have been hired to take out the Slayer and he leaves to go watch them try. Tara's cousin Beth confronts her and is disgusted that she has no intention of leaving. The Leak demon attacks Buffy, but because of Tara's spell, they are invisible. Spike enters it, finds himself unable to allow Buffy to be killed and instead helps fight. Tara arrives, realizes her spell has gone awry and quickly breaks it. The demons can again be seen and are quickly beaten. Tara's family show up and insist that Tara leave with them as she is part demon. Willa is visibly hurt that Tara has hidden this from her and Tara tries to reaffirm her love for Willow and doesn't want to leave. While Tara's family states that they are her blood kin, Everyone stands up for Tara and Buffy declares that they are her true family and she isn't going anywhere against her will. Spike punches Tara to prove his suspicions that she is not in fact a demon. After this causes Spike pain, she comfortably tells her relatives to leave. Later at Tara's birthday party, she opens cheesy witch-related birthday presents from the gang and everybody mingles. Tara and Willow embrace on the dance floor and begin to levitate and a magical, happy ending, the end. <laughs> a magical, happy ending, Eddie. Can we start with that or we want to start from something else? No, no, we'll start from that. So, you know, you've got the evil family that's trying to enslave her. Yeah, yeah, uh, the evil step family, yeah, but they're not um, the step family. She gets, uh, there's a deception that's revealed. Mm-hmm. Uh, about yeah. herself, about her. Well, it, it's it's her quote f- demon thoughts and ways. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, um, and in the end, you know, she's free. Yeah, I, I guess that is a a fairy tale happy ending. But as you all, as we all know, these fairy tale happy endings aren't really that happy when you really think about them. Yeah. Like movie happy endings, you know, when everyone's happy at the end. But when you really think about it, it's kind of not that happy. I mean, the ha- the real happy ending would be the parents or the family, I should say, uh, accepting her, accepting for her she- for who she is. Yeah. And uh, but and- did they really look like people who were going to accept her for who she actually well, is? Were they religious as well? They they mentioned they that as well. They come off as being. Almost a cult. Or angelic or something like that or some sort of... Yeah. Oh, like You it, almost it, thought that he was a pastor or something. Was yes, he a pastor? I think it's the fact that she calls him sir. Oh, yeah. That was really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the she, sir doesn't, part. she doesn't call him dad or father. She calls him sir. Yeah. Uh, Warning bells going off when, he, when she said yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So... I don't know, and I just always feel like it feels like a cult, especially the way um, cousin Beth behaves, because she is definitely like being indoctrinated and yeah, brainwashed. Yeah, yeah, no, I see that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I truly do feel sorry for her in the end because I, I kind of got the feeling when she calls, um, so when she calls Tara a selfish, selfish bitch. It's because she's actually trying to save herself. Yeah. I kind of feel like she does that because she she's realizing that she's going to have to look after them and she's not going to have her own yeah, agency. She, she's stuck there. She's yeah. got a way and she has it. So she's there's a of, resentment there. Yeah. From her that she's got a way and but she she's can't. also but she's also sort of had this uh, brainwashing that you have this duty to your family. Yeah, and if you leave, if and by leaving, you're turning your back on your family. Like, yeah. you can leave your family and go live somewhere else. I mean, she is an adult. Mm. There's no reason why she, she's not a child. She's no reason for her to come back to the house and yeah. live with them. 
Yeah, which is you know? why they started saying that the, that side of the family has demon in them. So Is she, is she in college as well? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so she's in college. She's studying. Mm. So, yeah, there's no reason for her to go back home if she's because studying. She's, because she's a demon. That, that, that's the whole <laughs> thing is that they're trying to get her to go back home and look after them, pretty much be enslaved to them. Yeah, to Sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she won't have her own life. Yeah. Like. I know you're like sitting there going, "Oh, maybe they need to, they can, they can work it out." Well, if they if they saw the error in their ways and realized, "Oh, we accept you for who you are. We're not going to force you to not, do anything." They're, unf- they're not the type of people who are going to no, no. do that. Hence, why they dragged the whole army out there <laughs> to, to bring her home. Yeah, mm. even you got that sort of um, vibe from the brother as well. Yeah, as some sort of a, uh, enforcer as well. Yeah, but he, he looks like of, he looked like he was the muscle. Yeah, exactly. The he enforcer. Actually, yeah, the he muscle. He was actually brought there to pretty like. If she refuses, yeah, yeah. he was going to beat the crap out of her and drag her home. Like, yeah, like they were going to take her by physical force. Mm. That that was obviously the plan. Yeah. Ooh. Once they're if their manipulation tactics. Do we see work. them ever again? No. No. Okay. No. You don't. Yeah. And we find out her last name. I thought we already knew her last name. Do we? But yeah. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know what? We, we can talk about some of the themes of this episode, which are, you know, of course, the name of the episode, family. And really there are two types of family that mm-hmm. you have. So you have your blood relatives who you don't get to choose. Yeah. Huh? Yep. Definitely don't get to choose them. Uh, and... Then you have those close friends and the people around you that you do get to choose. And I often feel are your, you know, and it's that family that you also create yeah, yourself, um, which always really resonated with me because I'm not particularly close with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like I created my own family. I joined your, like I joined Another your, <laughs> like I joined your family. I have close friends that are more my family than my actual family. There is your blood kin, and then there are those that you are related to. And you know your blood kin, you don't get to choose. So, if you have a particularly nasty, mean, horrible family, <laughs> you're stuck with them. Yeah, but you don't have to be stuck with them. No, but there's always going to be some. They, so, they might be your family, but that's it. Yeah, you sort of you always will, will have, to, see, have to see. But them you don't stuff. owe them anything. That's what no. I mean. So in this, they keep they keep making out that Tara owes them something. Yeah, and also the fact they can they th- think they can just walk into her life and just drag her from it, just rip yes. her from everything. Like she's they're schooling her house where she's yeah, living. That she hasn't put down roots there. Yeah, and right. they could just rip her out and. At first, she's almost going to go with it, it seemed like. Well, only because she's not sure how Willow and the group are going to react to her. Well, she kind of mm. thinks they're not going to miss her almost. She, she's a bit sort of definitely a low self-esteem sort of person and thinks that... Yeah, oh, but it looks like she's had it almost beaten out of her. Yeah, that no one loves her and no one cares that about she's her. she's worthless. And that's why she's so shy yeah. and timid. And you know, yeah. it's really hard to... But it looks like she has had a horrible upbringing. Mm, yeah. Um, but, you know, and there is that, mis- you know, the misconception that blood is thicker than water. Um, that your parents will love you unconditionally. Yeah. Uh, I find people that, who... That you'll always have a seat at your parents' mm. table. I find people who say that they're usually wanting something. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, the, and, yeah, in most cases, it, it, it isn't true and... Generally speaking, you have to earn a place at the table. And, you know, eventually we will have to earn a place at our own kids' table because they don't owe us anything. No. And you can't expect that from them. And you have to accept them as they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And I will – I'm going to tell a story. Okay. That relates to this. All right. Um, story about you? Yep. So, I remember when I was about 11 – and there was a boy in my class whose dad died and he wasn't upset about it. He didn't take any time off school. He wasn't sad or depressed or any 
absolutely no signs whatsoever. Wow, okay. And I went up and asked him about that. And he was like, actually, I'm glad my dad's dead. And I could not fathom, my little brain could not fathom losing a parent and hating a parent that much that I would be glad that they were dead. And I think I, I told a friend. Yeah, especially at that age too. Yeah, yeah. So, and I sort of, you know, told a friend at the time, I was like, oh, I can't believe, like, he just, he just doesn't care. Mm. Uh, and she, this girl turned around to me and said, just because they're your parent doesn't mean that they're a good person. Mm. Wow. Yeah. True. True that. Uh, and years and years later, I found out that she perhaps didn't have the best home life. Mm-hmm. And had suffered some pretty horrible abuse. Why? Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, which is why. Sorry, I, th- I thought you said there was a boy. Oh, no, no, no. The, the girl that turned around and said, just because they're your parents doesn't oh. mean they're good people. Oh, okay. Right. And just on her. Yeah. Okay. But right. yeah, years later, I found out about the abuse that she'd suffered. Right. Okay. At home. Okay. Okay. She, she didn't know anything about the boy then. Well, no. Well, no, no. Well, oh. She was in, she was in the class with the boy, oh. but she was. But that was just her reflection of. It was her, her reflection, reflection of what, what was possibly going on, and she knew why he was upset. Yes. Okay. So she yeah. just had she had a better understanding mm. of what was going yeah, on. Yes. Yeah. Than what I did. Yeah. So we're like most of us, probably a bit naive, and just think the world of our parents at that age. Yeah. Especially at that age, you know, they're gods. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> like, as I said, like, oh, oh, like, yeah. like me being a very empathic kid, mm. like the thought of losing my dad at that age was horrific to me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Like I wouldn't have been in school. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, that's definitely not a fairy tale story, Eddie. No, 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 it's not. It's not. Uh, moving on, I might just talk about the theme of fathers in this episode because there are three different types of fathers in this episode. Uh, so Buffy, at the start of the episode, starts talking about where her dad is. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, and that she she hasn't been able to get in contact with him about her mum being sick. Uh, Giles is suggesting that they send Dawn to go live with with her dad yep. to protect her. Uh, and Buffy's like, he is in Spain <laughs> with his secretary. So he's off he's off living his midlife crisis, um, yep. child-free. And I think he'd want to keep it that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's sort of that sad thing. Like he doesn't have any he's, – he's the not – he's a pretty terrible dad. He's not present. He's not there. He's pretty much just blown off his kids. Yeah. Um, doesn't really want anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. Just, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you have... Yeah, we haven't even seen him since season two. <laughs> yeah. We, do we see him again? Uh, we may see him again. We may. Very, 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 very briefly. Okay. Um, then we have Giles. Yes. Who is... The supportive father figure who, you know, he's the ideal father father figure. Um, He's there guiding and supporting her. Uh, Mm -hmm. In that, it's in that opening scene, uh, he actually asks her, like Buffy tells him about Dawn. Yep. And he actually asks Buffy, uh, should we tell the others? He doesn't say... We have to tell the others. Yeah. Um, let's tell the others. Well, but he asks her. He asks her, her a question. Should we tell the others? And she just responds with, maybe we should just keep it to ourselves for now just to be precautious. Like we, well, I think it's more she was like, we put them in, the more the people that know, the more danger yes, they're yeah. in. It's more of just a strategic sort of uh, yeah. decision. And Giles takes that on as, yep, that's that's good. Like, he's just there guiding her. Like, look, but, you know, he'll stand his ground when he believes she's in the wrong. Yeah. Um, 
But generally, he is the ideal parental figure at this point. Yeah, he always has been. Yeah. And then you get the opposite, Mm. (laughs) which is Mr. McClay. Yeah. Who Tara calls Sir, which we've already brought up. Don't forget to call him Sir. He likes that. And yeah, he does feel like a cult leader. Uh, He spends most of the episode gaslighting her. He's using manipulation tactics. As you said, he almost has um, Donnie as his muscle. Mm. Um, What do you call that? A kind of enforcer enforcer yeah he yeah. sort of he comes along with these little enforcers so he also has cousin beth doing his dirty work yeah as well so she's going to pull at her heartstrings and he's going to pull her physically for uh, sort of got all his bases covered yeah so as i said with yeah. there's just the the theme of fathers well uh speaking of fathers so uh the actor steve rankin who played the father uh, was in an episode of Star Trek that I saw oh, the other really? day. <laughs> uh, everyone, Jared is watching Star I'm, Trek. I'm doing a TNG a thon. Uh, I've watched bits and pieces of it in the I don't past. Think you've never watched the whole series. Oh, though. God, no, no. I was a bit too cool for it when it came out <laughs> about 10, 12. I'm like, ugh, Star Trek, ugh. Um, but yeah, he was in uh, the episode The Enemy. He played a Romulan that they captured on a planet. But he's played, the actor Steve Rankin has actually played a lot of. Military roles as well. Like uh, you, you can kind of see him as a sergeant. Yeah, he, a lot he of his does creditations, sort of have that short back and sides look about him, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, a lot of his creditations are as sheriffs or co- a policeman. Yeah, yeah. Authoritarian. Or, or, you know, some sort of drill sergeant of, you know, in the military. Uh, this guy's been in heaps of films, but um, yeah. <laughs> Start TNG. Give him a credit yeah. for that one. Uh, speaking of which, uh-huh. let's, let's, we could probably mention Cousin Beth. Oh, Cousin Beth. That is, is one fine actress I've seen there, Eddie. So that, what does she go on to do? Well, so that would be six-time Oscar-nominated actress Amy Adams. Six-time nominated? Six times nominated. Really? Yep. Six times a bridesmaid, huh? Yep, yep. Oof. Yeah. And she is one of those actresses who really, really, like, you know how there are just some actors who, you know, all of – they. Like they feel like they just came out of nowhere, yeah, and all of a sudden they're they've shot to the top. Uh, you can see her like she was in the dredges of TV, <laughs> like one of those Worked working, her way up, huh? like working her way up. Like mm. I remember her in like Smallville and Charmed, and yeah, yeah, like all those Psycho Beach Party. Yes, <laughs> second time she got to work with Nick- Nicholas Brendan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. As well she was Luann, isn't she? Luann, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she definitely did her her time in the trenches, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's funny you say that, like you think they've sprung out of nowhere, but you when you notice them, you, you suddenly realise they've been there forever. Yeah, I so felt I like think I felt ju- like that, that way with uh Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Mark Ruffalo? Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. When I first saw him as the Hulk, I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty good. What other films have he been in? Oh, I've seen half of them. <laughs> it's that guy, is it? going suddenly 30. Come on. Yeah. No, I think it was Shutter Island that got me. Like, he yeah. was, one of the, it was one of the lead roles. <laughs> like, oh, that was that guy. Oh, shit. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think Jeremy Renner gets that too. Like, he, he, he definitely came up from the TV dredges. Yeah. As well, and he's in Angel. He was in Angel. Mm. <laughs> I remember him in CSI. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that, but yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get honourable mention to uh, Pedro Pascal as well. Oh, as yeah, Eddie. yeah. But as I said, so Cousin Beth, I feel that she is such a tragic, tragic character. Yeah, as you said before, she's very much been indoctrinated into this cult, whatever yeah. it is. And can't get out of it, and is really pissed yeah. off that. And also you know, Tara has this sort of, of very, this internalized misogynism. And she's probably not even really well. a cousin as well. You probably get the feeling like they just call them cousins, maybe you know, because <laughs> <laughs> they're in a cult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, mm. maybe, yeah, yeah. I think you might be right on that. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, moving on. So once again, Spike proves that he is really great at reading a room. <laughs> uh, he works out what's going on 
before like before everyone else realizes what's going on. He yeah. works it he works it out. Uh he's almost so proud of himself for figuring it out. <laughs> mm, yeah. He he is loving it. Mm. And I'm not sure what the count is, but has he kissed Buffy about the same amount of times as Angel at this point? Oh, come on. <laughs> what makes right? you say that? Well, we've they've had about but three most, patchings. Most of, most of them are like... I know they're not real. They're dreams or spells, but, I mean, they actually are kissing. Yeah. So Spike, Buffy, kissing. I know we're about at least up to three or four, yeah. maybe. How often did Spike and uh, did uh, Angel and Buffy kiss? I mean, was well, it quite a bit? Because they bit. were together. Yeah, so. but the kissing scenes. I'm just I'm curious. Yeah, there was a lot of yeah. Angel and her had a lot of kissing scenes. Yeah, yeah. It's catching up. <laughs> he is catching up though. He's definitely catching up. Maybe might even overtake him. Well, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, especially when Buffy was coming to get him. <laughs> Uh, I think it's funny that he keeps saying he doesn't care about what happens to anyone or yeah. Buffy or that, but his actions kind of say otherwise. I, I think maybe he's getting preconditioned at this moment. The chip thing is actually working. Maybe. Because he can't attack her and so he is falling for her. Yeah, I, I think there's an episode that comes up shortly where you kind of learn a bit more about Spike's backstory and then – the way he behaves actually does make a lot more sense. Okay. Look forward to that. Yes. It's very soon. It's a very good episode. Uh, oh, I also like that Anya takes issue with the label of a disgusting demon. Microaggression. Cultural appropriation. Offensive. 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 Triggered. And how vague and misunderstood that term being used is. Yeah. I, I loved that. It was a offensive, great... Offensive, offensive. It was a great little metaphor for you <laughs> in there. And using terms that are just too broad. Yeah. She was like, what kind of demon? <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter. Mm. So, did Tara, Tara actually believe she was part demon? Well, she'd been told it her mm. whole life and she did have magical powers. Yeah. Uh, so hmm. why wouldn't she believe it? Yeah, I I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, she was told that the magic came from her demon half. And there are half demon, half human hybrids. Again, it goes more into it in Angel. Yeah. Um. So it's, it's not actually that far-fetched a story. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Now... The part of the episode I don't particularly like, but I'm going to have to mention it. Riley. Riley wasn't much. Wasn't really in this episode much, was he? Just the uh, one scene. Well, one... well, you see him. There's he's in a couple of scenes, but oh, he's, you see him at the bar, don't yeah, you? He is most noticeably missing from that end scene where Buffy declares them all family. Yes, yes, yeah. he was. But Spike is there. Yes, he was. <laughs> So Spike is there and Riley is missing. Yes. Uh, MIA. And you see him at Willie's, the demon bar. Yeah. And the last time we saw him there, he was having a mental breakdown. So now he's just having a breakdown. Well, maybe a different type of breakdown. Yeah. Uh, And we find out from the bartender that he's there every single night. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um. And he's talking to Sandy. I've forgotten about this character. Yeah. So she is attacked by um, Vampire Willow in Doppelgangland. Okay. And I think Willow turned her into a like oh. Vampire Willow turned her into a vampire. We didn't see that, but it's she's um, credited as the same character. Yeah. It's the same actress credited as the same. Yeah. Character. Yeah. Um, and he he says you're a vampire, and yeah, she's like, and I, she is a vampire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and so why is this the worst thing? Oh, it's just Riley being a sook <laughs> okay, again. Right. Um, I oh, think this he, is your Riley rant segment. I think Sorry, this is I my forgot. Riley rant. Riley rant. It's going to happen until he leaves. Um, and then I'm going to have a huge big rant, mm-hmm. and then I'll be done. 
All right. Looking, for a little bit. I'm definitely looking forward to that. <laughs> well, it's also the fact that he, he can kind of tell that Buffy's keeping something from him. Mm-hmm. But instead of talking to her about it, he goes to a demon bar and gets drunk every night. Yeah. Is it worse that it's a demon bar or could it just be any bar? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you could have just gone to any bar. Why, why go to a demon bar? I don't know, to prove how manly man he is. Okay, yeah. All right. That yep. he can hold his own against the the demons. Yeah. He's, that, he's that tough and, and think, masculine. Uh, he can he yeah. can work out that someone's a vampire without even looking at them. And I think the bartender says something along the lines of, you know, you, you incarcerated half the guys in here. Yeah. So he's going somewhere where some. He's, he's looking, going to somewhere where someone would definitely pick up pick a fight. Yeah. So he's yeah. sort of he it feels like he's looking for trouble. Yeah. So he could he could just go to a regular bar. Yeah. <laughs> but he goes to a specific demon bar. Yeah. To deal with these demons? Maybe. But then he wouldn't run into anyone he knows in a demon bar. Uh all right, I've pretty much gotten to through all my points. Uh did you have anything? Um, no, that was it for me. Um, I was going to ask, have you seen this episode? No, I hadn't seen this episode. Uh, brand new one for me. Have you, did you go down any rabbit holes? Well, we went to the, to the bronze. So whenever we go to the bronze, I usually get something. And yeah, so the musical guests in this episode. I can't take my eyes off of you. You, you sang it like the Frank Sinatra version. I take my, my eyes off of you. you. It doesn't go like that at all. I, I can't take my eyes off of you. Uh, yeah, so we had a few musical guests here. So we had that, what Eddie was just singing, by <laughs> Melanie Doan. Um, she... Is She's a folk singer, of course she is. She was a folk um, singer. Yeah, she's been around for a while. She's a great singer. Yeah, I'm not usually partial to country music. She's from Canada. Is she country or is she folk? Country folk, I mean. Yeah. It's hard to put a label on music. People can do all things, you know. Country folk, more country. Definitely country. But uh, I thought she was more folk, but anyway. <laughs> Damn it. Ruined my whole segment now. All right, sorry. No, you haven't. Um, but yeah, uh, she's done a lot of song placements in uh, TV shows. So, Being Erica, Flashpoint, Brothers and Sisters, don't know that one. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Dawson's Creek, Party Ooh. of Five, That's Life, Baywatch Hawaii. Was that a different Baywatch? Baywatch Hawaii? Or is it the same one? Recreation Boulevard. You ever seen that show? Nope. No. Uh, yeah, so a fair few TV shows, lots of. Uh, Lots of credits there. Still going. Several albums. Go check her stuff out. It's all nice. And it, it really does fit that scene at the end. You want, you want to play it, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Well, I think you played a different song for me when you were researching all this and you're like, this sounds like something from Firefly. <laughs> oh, you want me to play that one, yeah? <laughs> and I was like, well, I can't pick the scene, but you could be. But it, I swear it was just because it had fiddles. Oh, this, this one. Yeah, it's a, it's a little little firefly, firefly. What do you call it? It's fiddle, or violin. Violin fiddle, yeah. It's I don't I don't actually know the difference. A uh, fiddle smaller. Okay, like fiddly. Yeah, very fiddly. <laughs> Is that where fiddly comes from? Oh, oh I don't know. Oh. Yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, yeah, her music's pretty cool. And there was another song, "American Shoes," performed by Mo- performed by Motor Race. Okay. So I was reading about these guys. The song kind of sounded familiar, but I, I couldn't put my finger on it. I don't know. I'm sure I heard it before. They're from Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Murder Race. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I can't believe I missed these guys. I, like, I remember them. Do you? Yeah. No, do not remember. Like, I don't remember seeing these guys at any festivals or... I don't know. Maybe I just... Wasn't looking for them. They're a bit maybe too not as heavy for me, maybe. Or oh, I think I saw them once 
at a something like it was something for Kate and motor motor race. Yeah, yeah. They got a bit of an oasis sound to them a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So. And we're talking back before. I think before we were even together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, the good musical guests there. So uh didn't really take me down a rabbit hole, I guess, but I uh, always find it interesting to pick up, just pluck these songs out of nowhere. Um, they're still touring. They're still doing stuff. Okay. So good luck to them. Uh, and that will be my rabbit hole, Eddie. Okay. Should we get into question time? Yeah, let's do it. I hope that that answers a little bit uh, your, your question. All right, Jared. Which character was your favourite in this episode? I like Spike. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go. Whenever he's in it, he's just like, just sinks his teeth into that scenery in every yeah. scene he's in. Uh, and I love it. Yes. He gets away with it. And yes. he is my favourite. Okay. Yeah, I went with Tara. Because she, she gets quite a bit of screen time in this. Yeah. yeah well, yeah, it's, uh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. she's mm. a, sort of, The story revolves around her. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, which character do you love to hate? Can we put characters? <laughs> the Tara's family. Yeah. Yeah. Are quite awful. I just have Tara's father, mm. Sir. Sir. Sir Eddie, you have to I'm call, just him call him Sir. Sir, the he likes Sir, it. Sir McClay. <laughs> You're gross. Uh, LOL moment. Sir, likes I had a couple actually. So the fight when Buffy and Spike. Oh, where she fights him with her vagina. No, no. When she when he throws him on the ground, he's like, "Come on, Slayer, come and get me." Yeah. If you want me, Slayer, come and get and me. And then it oh, cuts to, yeah, it cuts to him. No. That's one of those scenes that I was sat <laughs> telling you about before, is that it, that that's one of those rhyming scenes where it's yeah, saying one yeah. thing and then it cuts to the next scene. Yeah. It's this flow-on mm. effect. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely one of those. That one and um, Spike punching Tara in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Could he like just sort of pinched her or something? Maybe no, did he, did he need no, to punch no, her? No, no, it had to have full intent. Or maybe in the arm. <laughs> Could he punched her in the arm or, or the maybe, gut? Maybe, maybe <laughs> not in the face. Yes. <laughs> right in the right in the schnozzer. Why don't I make this simple? Hey. I, I, I know I'm not laughing at the fact of violence against women, but but it just came out of nowhere. I, yeah. I just, no, 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 it's it's like he realized it's like something like clicked in in Spike's head. Yeah, so hang on. And he's like, "Hang on, I am a demon detector." Yeah, oh, I, I've actually got I a am, use for this. I, I am <laughs> I'm a, useful. Uh, yeah, he's like, "I am actually a walking demon detector." <laughs> yeah, we sort this out right now. Yeah, uh, my LOL moment is probably Buffy, Buffy Giles and Xander when they're discussing the presents, and it's Giles going. You know, Buffy's like, Tara's birthday, we're at a loss. And Giles is like, you're in a magic shop and you can't think about what Tara would like. I believe you're both profoundly stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And then Xander says, well, we don't really know the kind of things witches like. What are you going to get her? Some cheesy crystal ball? And Giles is like, bloody well, better not. I've already wrapped mine. (laughs) Oh, you saw that at the end, the crystal ball. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do like Dawn's present. The broom. The broom. Yeah. Is that, is that, that's like a double whammy, isn't it? Yeah. Like something to clean with. <laughs> Don't forget to call him Sir. Yes, yes. Uh, Favourite fight scene? I thought the actual the Buffy Spikes fight scene was pretty good. Where she attacks him with the, with her like she fights him with her vagina. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much vagina first. Vagina first, yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, the other scene was okay, but because they're like fighting against themselves, it doesn't look as good. Where they're just like yeah. holding their throat. Yeah, the the invisible, invisible fight. demons. Yeah. yeah, the invisible fight. 
Well, I have the invisible fight. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favourite. Uh, what am I up to? Uh, favourite scene. I liked the scene when Willow and Tara were playing with their pussy. You mean Miss Kitty Fantastico? Yeah, what, what do you think I meant? We'll call it Miss Kitty Fantastico. Yeah. Oh, the sweet, the sweet little scene at the start of the episode. Yeah, exactly. Where like, exactly. Where they like where Tara's telling her a story, kind of like the theme of the entire episode. Yes, it was a very nice scene, Eddie. It's like a bedtime story. Mm. Yes. How not? How how wonderful that you picked up on that. I. D- <laughs> That's you're like you're really <laughs> learning, Jared. Like you're really growing as a person. <laughs> oh. I think I own that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, my, my, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Uh, so my favourite scene has to be, I'm Spartacus. <laughs> I'm Spartacus. <laughs> you want her, Mister McClay? You can go ahead and take her. You just got to go through me. What? You heard me. You want to take Tara out of here against her will? You got to come through me. And me? Is this a joke? I'm not going to be threatened by two little girls. You don't want to mess with us. She's a hair puller. And you're not just dealing with... You're dealing with all of us. Except me. Except Spike. I don't care what happens. This is insane. You people have no right to interfere with Tara's affairs. We are her blood kin. Who the hell are you? We're family. When everyone stands up and protects Tara. Mm. That's a cool scene. Uh, least favourite scene. Oh, the Amy Adams scene. <laughs> the, you selfish, <laughs> you selfish bitch. bitch. Oh, hey, it sister. does. It does feel so because she comes up acting. She's very sweet as yeah, pie. Yeah, sweet. That's so good to see. Yeah, blah blah blah. And then just just completely does a one eighty on that as soon as she mm. says, "I don't want to come back," and it's just like a How the whole body day. just changes into a different person and she's just this vile, nasty, vicious person. Mm. Oh, that's who you really are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my least favourite scene is when her dad's just standing in her room. Oh, like, when she comes back and she, he's just there. Yeah. Yeah. He's just broken into, like, he's just <laughs> broken into her room. <laughs> you broke in. Yeah, and he's standing there holding... Um, <laughs> He's holding this crystal. Looks like a crystal dildo. <laughs> like it's just a Yeah, it's yeah. a a paint like a it's just a crystal. But, yeah. but yeah. he's insinuating that it's a toy of yeah. some like he actually calls it a toy. Insinuating. I've seen something. a few posts on Reddit with guys like I, f- I found my wife's meth pipe and it's a glass thing. And they're like, dude, that's, that's not a meth pipe. <laughs> uh, but it's the part where he's like, you can't control what's going to happen. You have evil inside you and it will come out. And letting yourself work all this magic is only going to make it worse. Mm. Where do you think that power comes from? And then she's like, it doesn't feel evil, sir. Evil never does. Yeah. I know I mentioned this before, but they definitely didn't mention any sort of religious sept or anything like that. No, I it's, do it's, feel it's like it's heavily they, insinuated, it's isn't it? It's just insinuated. It isn't. Yeah, it's never actually stated. But as I said, because of the, I think it's the way that they're dressed and the way that they look. Mm. They just have this. I'm from the Bible Belt. Yeah. <laughs> And it's funny how it's never said, but the this witchcraft isn't obviously a, a, a I suppose we don't really mention it, metaphor for her sexuality, which yes. they obviously, yeah. you know, they're, again, tiptoeing around that a little bit, you yes. know. Yeah. But not explicitly saying it, but it's heavily implied. Yes. It's a subtext of this episode. <laughs> 
is that they're never going to um, accept Tara for yeah. who she is, yeah. whether she's a witch or a lesbian, either way. Or both. Or both. A lesbian yeah. witch. Uh, she will never be accepted by them mm. because those things are just... Incompatible. Incompatible. It is. Mm. They live in a very black and white yeah. world uh, and there's no room for rainbows. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Uh, Favourite quote? Um, I'm going to give this quote to Dawn this week. Yeah? Uh, so at the bronze, Dawn says, This place is cool except I have to wear this stupid stamp in my hand. Xander's replies, oh, that's to keep you from boozing it up. Well, she replies, oh, please, only losers drink alcohol. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you got and they're all <laughs> and standing they're all, around oh, drinking right. alcohol. Oh, they're, they're plastic blue red, blue, red cups they got. Yeah, <laughs> that you can't tell what's in them. But no. It's now heavily implied that there's alcohol in them. Yeah. Surprising that actually would let someone underage into a place like that. Well, they would have to in America because the fucking drinking age is 21. Okay, right. I just figured they just wouldn't let them in. When my main clubbing days was when I was 18 to 21 and I don't think I really went out clubbing after 21, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Didn't actually, probably, it was probably more like 16 to 21. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah. The, the yeah. advantages of being tall I, I <laughs> and female. I know all about that. <laughs> tall. I mean, not the female part, but yeah. But being tall and female. <laughs> yes. Uh, your quote, Eddie. It's going to be Spike. There's no demon in there. That's just a family legend, am I right? Just a bit of spin to keep the ladies in line. Oh, you're a piece of work. I like you. I don't know why. Did I what is he Scottish now? Is he <laughs> Scottish? Oh, I don't know why I like you. <laughs> I ate a baby. I don't know why he's just coming off as. Yeah, I'll try that again. No, that's staying in there, Eddie. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it again. With my, with my All right, next question, Eddie. <laughs> no, let me do it again. First no, things no, first. No. Where's your shit at? I've got a turtle head poking out. I'm trying to do my best spike impression. I would like to see Spike as a Scotsman. <laughs> All right. No one wants to see anyone as a Scotsman. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Who gets the wooden spoon? Well, it's Tara's family that gets the wooden spoon, isn't it? Yeah, I just went with brainwashed Cousin Beth. Okay, yeah. So. I think they're all pretty awful. Yeah. Um, who gets the MVP of the episode? Oh, Spike. I, I'm going to give this to Anya and Spike. Because it's Anya that demands to know what type of demon. Anya's the one who first starts questioning the yeah. demon, the whole, the very broad term demon. Yeah, which it is, yeah. Uh, but Anya's the one that questions that and that's when it kind of triggers Spike because he's a, he realises he's a walking demon detector. Yeah. I and mean, he realises what's going on. So I think they... They can't really? have it. She yeah. just asked that one question and he went and saved Buffy and was beating up the demons. Yeah. Really? Okay. I'll give it to Anya and Spike. Like Spike still gets it. But he just has to share this one. I don't I, with Anya. I don't I don't agree with that. <laughs> really? He doesn't yeah. get to he doesn't get no, to share. No, he should this. definitely sh own that. That's definitely his. Just because she asked a question, she gets. Yeah, but if she hadn't have asked that question, he wouldn't have. It probably wouldn't have triggered. Maybe it mightn't have, but he might have triggered anyway because they were talking about how she's a demon, and they're questioning it. Yeah, and he and the moment Anya went, "What type of demon?" There are many different types of demons. Some are, some are really evil, and some are, you know, what is it? Some are useful members of society. Mm, like Spike. Uh, yeah. And her. Well, she's not a demon anymore, though. Yes, but she used to be. Uh, she wasn't a helpful, a useful member of society when she was a demon, though. That's for sure. No, she was very, very evil. But <laughs> she now, was a universe-destroying demon. But that's why she's like, let's just narrow it down then. Okay. Because they're just like, evil is evil. And she's just like, well, no, that's not actually the case. Because mm. you have both Spike and Anya, who are just in this grey area mm. Where they are, they have been demons, and they can no longer be demons. And a uh, bit rich coming from them, that family, <laughs> pointing out who's evil in this world. Well, from our perspective, 
They're the evil ones. <laughs> it's all about perspective. Um, all right. What do you rate this episode out of 10? Using, using something from the episode. I gave it three races of frog people. What? I, I don't get that. Oh, that's when the brother was saying, oh, what are these books that do? Do they turn people into frogs? And Santa replies, yes, we're making races of frog people right now as you speak. Ah, uh, yeah. I forgot he's really kind of rude when he comes into the shop. Yeah. Maybe um, four. Maybe four. Maybe four. Maybe four, yeah. I went eight out of ten floaty romantic dancers. Mm, it was very nice, wasn't it? Yeah. Little floaty magical romantic dancers on the dance floor. Mm. Yeah. You don't get many no. endings like that. Yeah. Time to wrap it up. Um, maybe. Was there anything else you want to throw in the last minute, Eddie? Not really. Not really? Me neither. <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up tonight. I hope you've enjoyed listening to us. We are Nerd Subculture. My name is Jared. And I'm Edwina. And if you want to find us, Eddie... You can find us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. There is a Facebook group and you can email us at nerdsubculture at gmail.com. And if you want to help out the podcast, please follow the link tree to the socials for the merch store. Yes, so like, share, subscribe, comment. Yes. Please do. Do all the things. That do, do the things. Do, do lots the of things. things. Recommend us to people. Oh, share yeah, do our that. Link. That's nice. Yeah, share yeah. a link every now and again if you like. This podcast yeah. is really awesome. Let's, uh... Yeah, well, just, just a thumbs up. That, that helps. I see yeah. that. Anyway, <laughs> take right. care. See ya. Bye. All right, bye. Forget to call him sir. He likes that. <laughs>